Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, uh, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Uh, before we do get started, I want to remind you that we have a couple other podcasts that you may want to listen to. There's the Old Time Radio Superman show that you can listen to at laserandsword.com. And we also have our limited run series, The War. And you can listen to that at greatdetectives.net slash the war. Now it's time for the final Elliot Lewis episode that we have in circulation of the casebook of Gregory Hood. There are actually seven, excuse me, six missing episodes between last week's show and this week's. This is the last uh, script written by Boucher and Green, and the original air date's November 25th, 1946, and the title is The White Masters. The Petrie family. The family that took time to bring you good wine. Presents the casebook of Gregory Hood. Tonight, Petrie Wine presents the story of The White Masters. Another exciting adventure from the casebook of Gregory Hood. And say, when your guests arrive Thursday for a big Thanksgiving dinner, why not greet them royally with a glass of Petri California Port? Port is America's favorite wine, you know, so it's the perfect wine to express your hospitality and friendship. And believe me, when it comes to real enjoyment, there's no port like Petri Port. It has a beautiful, deep, ruby-red color. And the flavor, hmm, it's absolutely delicious. Petri Port has such a marvelous, rich, fruity taste, it's no wonder everyone loves it. Believe me, a glass of Petri Port is real proof that the Petri family took time to bring you good wine. So have plenty of Petri Port on hand for your big day Thursday. And be sure it's Petri Port, because all Petri wines are good wine. Once again, it's Monday night in San Francisco, and time for our weekly visit with Gregory Hood and his friend and attorney, Sanderson Taylor. Tonight's adventure out of the casebook begins in a small but select bar on Gary Street. The lights are discreetly low, the furnishings tasteful, and in the background, a jukebox plays an appropriate accompaniment. Just the sort of place we'd expect to find Greg and Sandy five o'clock after a day's work. And that's precisely where we do find them. Oh, say, Greg, I meant to tell you, I've run into uh, some more legal snags for that contract from Hong Kong. Yeah? Too bad. Oh, Greg, you weren't even listening to me. Uh, frankly, I was under the spell of that record of Art Tatum's. That left hand of his is magic. Listen to that. Oh, yes, I'm sure it's, uh, whatever you say it is. Just the same, Greg, I'd like to talk to you about the Hong Kong deal. 
Now, Hooten Company has a lot of money at stake. Oh, I find it hard to concentrate on the niceties of legal problems while Mr. Tatum's beating his way out of this one. Okay, Sandy, the floor is yours, but go easy with the here two fours and whereas. Well, Greg, now here's the situation. Chong Lee, our representative in Hong Kong, has worked out an exclusive deal with the importing house of Sulai. Sulai? Uh-huh. Done a lot of business with them in the past. What's souring this deal? Well, it's the problem of exchange, Greg. They want us to post dollars there pegged at a fixed exchange. Pegging the exchange? I don't buy that. Well, nor do I. I maintain that we do business we did in the past. Lading bills with shipments, payable in 60 days at current rate of exchange. Now, here's another angle. I'd rather talk of uh, curves. Look at this apparition that just came in. Huh? Oh, Greg, can't I keep your mind on business for two consecutive minutes? Uh, oh, see, she's coming to your table. Mm-hmm. Good evening. Mr. Gregory Hood? Yes. And Mrs. Sanderson Taylor. Do sit down, won't you, Miss... The Miss... Uh... My name is Lisa Duncan. Oh, well, uh, how are you, Miss? How do you do? Won't you sit down and have a drink with us? They have a wonderful sherry here. No, thank you. I can only stay for a moment. I brought you a message. Oh, I couldn't be happier, though. I don't know how you found me. Well, that was simple. I went to your office, and they told me you'd come here. Well, how'd you recognize me, then? We've never met before. It's my business to know certain people. Oh, this all sounds very uh, mysterious, Miss Duncan. Yeah, and rather exciting, though. I'm not quite sure which particular category of certain people I fall into. Uh, what's the message? Meet me at the fourth girder from the middle on Golden Gate Bridge at midnight, and the jewels are mine? I'm serious. What's the message? I bring you the message of the White Masters, Mr. Hood. Perhaps the message has already reached you. Have you heard the call to a full new life? No, but it sounds like fun. The old life was getting a little dull around the edges, isn't it? You as a tutor... Don't make fun of me. This is the most important message of your life. The White Masters wish you to read this. I'll see you again, Mr. Hood. Miss Duncan, wait a minute. Oh, let her go, Greg, let her go. She's crazy. Maybe. But beautiful crazy. Uh, walking in here, handing you a tract, and then waltzing out of you. Hmm. Well, let's see what her little handbill says. Uh, let's see what it does. The League of White Masters. Stephen Satherwaite to speak tonight at the Golden Bay Auditorium. Come and learn your potential power. Oh, the propaganda line has a familiar ring. Want to go to that meeting tonight, Sandy? Well, why, Gray? Just to track down your track-leaving goddess? Oh, much more than that. The name Satterwaite rings a bell somewhere. Mm -hmm. I have a hunch the white masters aren't as spotless as they sound. Make a deal with you, Sandy. Okay, what is it? I'll buy another drink for you and listen to your headaches on the Hong Kong deal if after that... I know, Greg. After that, we go to the Golden Bay Auditorium in search of the uh, full new life. <laughs> Remember in Berlin before the war? Yeah. Remember that rally at the sports palace? 
The Nazis. They're the same people. Same ones you see in this country at the rallies of homegrown fascism. The small ones. The worn outs. The failures who need someone to blame their failure on. Yes, the lunatic fringe. Well, that's all we thought the Nazis once were. Uh, it's nauseating, Greg. Yeah. That constant and ringing repetition of the word white. It sounds noble and harmless, but the implication is dangerous. Mm. Free speech. Yet if anyone had got up and thrown a few questions back at him... Sure, they... sure. The goon squad would have beaten him up and thrown him out of here in no time. Well, you can see the strong-armed boys lined around the walls here, watching every exit and entrance. The one ahead of us is a prize specimen. Shickle Gruber should have lived to see this. What's the matter, buddy? Didn't you like it? No, buddy, I didn't. You want to make something out of it? No, not this time. Just wanted to remember your face. That's all, buddy. Take a good look. You'll see it again. Sure. Too bad if someone was to push it around a little. Yeah. Nice guy. Oh, oh say, look, Ray. There's the girl we saw in the bar this evening. Yeah. The call to the full new life swastikas with lace trimming. Good evening, Miss Duncan. Mr. Hood, I'm so glad you came. But why are you leaving now? The meeting's not half over. It's over, as far as we're concerned. You don't agree with... Our belief? That's a monumental understatement. I'm very happy I came, my fair white messenger. You've given me a job to do. You're unusually silent, Sandy. Oh, I was thinking about that meeting tonight, Greg, and getting madder and madder. So was I. Why are we going to Berkeley? I'm going to see a friend of mine who knows plenty about homegrown rackets, such as the White Master. Huh? Who is your friend? Professor Gordon Lewis, late of Benton University. Professor Lewis? Oh, yes, I read about him. Uh, wasn't he fired recently? Yeah, after some rather dubious maneuverings of campus politics, I'm told. Just the same, Professor Lewis is a great scholar. Knows everything about cults from Dambala, the god of voodoo, to Shambhala, the hidden retreat in Tibet, which some people call Shangri-La. But surely Satherwaite's speech tonight wasn't as profound as all that. No, but the basic roots that motivated are plenty old. I'll bet you that when I tell Professor Lewis the gist of tonight's little spiel, he'll be able to analyze it for us, show us its true origin, perhaps give us a clue to Mr. Satherwaite. If we can get at his roots, maybe we can chop him down. That's why we've come to you, Professor Lewis. Well, gentlemen, I shall do everything in my power to help you. Greg tells me you know more about these things than any other man in the country. Mr. Hood is kind. More so than some I could name. All of my life I've devoted to this study. And now at my age, to be a man without a profession, without even a job. But how can I help you, gentlemen? Well, you see, sir, it seemed to me that behind those cleverly phrased jingles Satterwaite was echoing tonight lies a pattern. A philosophy developed from some earlier cult that's proved successful. You're right, Mr. Hood, and I've studied them all. I've investigated every odd cult that I've come in touch with, and joined most of them. Under assumed names, of course. Mm -hmm, I see. To uh, study their inner workings, I suppose, Professor? Yes, Mr. Taylor, and I've, uh, I've taken a certain perverse pleasure when joining a new cult by adopting the name of a god that had been prominently mentioned in some other cult. Uh, long since disbanded. What do you think about the slant of Satterwaite and his white master's dogma? I think you were quite right in your own analysis, my boy. Its obvious trend is uh, antisocial. Uh -huh. And you think it's more than uh, an organized rap? Well, Mr. Taylor, as to its elements, the 
concept of divine figures acting through human agents. Though, of course, that's an old theory. Satherwaite sounds that he's tied in not only with several occult systems of belief, but also several far from occult thinkers who know the, the valuable powers of uh, superstition. They trade on it for their own ends. I'll check on the facts that you've given me more in detail. Well, then you think you can find out what forces are back of this deal, Professor? I think so. From the facts that you've given me, it shouldn't be hard to find out just who's behind this movement. Within 24 hours, I'll draw you a diagram through which you ought to be able to trace Satherwaite right back to his slimy origin. Thanks, driver. Been keeping you busy tonight? Yeah, quite in the morgue. <laughs> Just about as cold. Here you are. You can keep the change. Gee, thanks, Mr. Hood. Good night now. Night. Who's that by the railing? It's me. Lisa Duncan. Another message from your white masters? I didn't know they delivered this late at night. Remarkable service. Mr. Hood, you don't understand. I... Hey, what's wrong with you? My shoulder. I wounded somebody shot at. Well, give me your arm. Who? That's it. I'll get you upstairs and into my apartment. I... I came to see you Say to Miss Duncan. I'll get a doctor. You can tell me the story upstairs. Ah, here we are. Hold on a minute. I'll get my key. Be careful, Mr. Hood. Oh. In you come. That's it. I'll switch on a light. It's my man's night off. There we are. Now, I'll get to the phone. Gregory, behind those curtains. A welcoming committee of three, huh? Lisa, get help. I don't will. Shall I get the girl? Never mind. Let him have it. No, you don't. All right, try this one on. Grab his arms, Lynn. And I got him. Get on your feet again, sir. Help Lynn. That's right. Three white supermen, huh? Good. I told you at the meeting tonight that you might get that pretty pussy of yours worked over a little. I'll zap this guy. Very courageous with two of your goons holding me. Shut up, do you hear? You lousy little... It ain't polite to answer back, buddy. Take the blackjack to him, Joe. Let's really work on him. Yeah, give it to me. Let's see if we can beat a little sense in you, dirty no. <laughs> Now, let's see how smart Alec you can get, Mr. Hood. Come on, guys, let's get out of here. apartment right away. We'll continue with Gregory Hood's story in just a moment. Meanwhile, I want to remind you again of that big feast day coming up Thursday. And you know what would make a swell dessert? Fruitcake with Petri California Port. 
Honestly, they're wonderful together. Fruitcake is traditional for Thanksgiving, of course. And Petri Port makes a wonderful companion for fruitcake. It's such a beautiful wine, a deep ruby red in color. And Petri Port has a marvelous, rich, full-bodied flavor that goes perfectly with fruitcake. Honestly, Petri Port is one of the most delicious wines ever poured from a bottle. Your guests will love it. And you can serve Petri Port proudly because those five letters, P-E-T-R-I, spell the proudest name in the long history of fine wines. Petri. And now back to the casebook of Gregory Hood and the adventure of the White Masters. Two hours have passed and a doctor has visited Greg's apartment and treated both Greg and Lisa. As we rejoin our story, Sandy Taylor, hastily summoned from his home in Berkeley, is talking to the girl Lisa and a much battered Gregory Hood. Well, how are you feeling now, Greg? Awful. How about you, Lisa? No, I'm all right, Gregory. Gee, it's a lucky thing you ran for the cops, Miss Duncan. They picked up one of the men anyway. They're holding him in the next room here. Want to talk to him, Greg? You're darn right I do. First of all, I want to straighten out a few things about you, Lisa. If you're a white master, why did you get shot at? Why did you bother to go for the police? It's very simple, Gregory. I've been investigating the organization, working on the inside. Don't tell me you're a G1. No. My interest in these people is purely private and personal. Oh? You see, eight years ago, my father was beaten to death by a mob of hoodlums at a meeting just like the one you attended tonight. I'm sorry, Lisa. Oh, and so you approached Greg tonight in the hopes of uh, intriguing his well-known curiosity? Yes, I did. I wasn't getting far enough in my own investigation, so I decided to approach him. Oh. Then they shot at you, Miss Duncan, because they must have figured you were on the wrong side of the fence. Yes. They must have followed me here from the meeting tonight, saw that I was going to Gregory's, and tried to silence me. Well, now that we know we're on the same side, let's have our brave friend in. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll get him, Greg. Incidentally, Lisa, we went over to Berkeley tonight and saw Professor Lewis. Professor... Lewis, I think I've heard of him. He's helping us put the finger on Mr. Satterwhite and his crown. Can you come in now, officer? Okay, Mr. Taylor. Go on in, Lem, but no tricks. Uh, how can I pull anything when you got the bracelets on me? We're watching. Come on, Lem. Here he is, Dave. I didn't do nothing. Let me along. Listen, Lem, you done plenty. I only wish I felt up to seeing how you'd like to take some of the medicine you boys dish out to me a little earlier. Well, then, Slugger, how was Joe? Look, Lem, uh, I'm an attorney. They'll book you on a stiff battery charge. But look, mister, I... I was just doing what I was told. I ain't one of the big boys. Listen, my friend can probably get you off with a nominal sentence if you want to play ball, Lamb. I might even decide not to prefer charges if you'll open that big mouth of yours and do a little talking. Yeah? What's in it for me? We might persuade the police to give you a break. But if you don't talk, we can make out a sweet case of assault with intent to kill. And that means San Quentin, and, uh, not for any one-night stand. Okay, I'll talk. What do you want to know? Who are the big shots back of this racket of yours? Well, Mr. Satterwhite's the only one I know. But there are some other big guys in town right now. They're holding a meeting tomorrow night. Where will they hold the meeting? At their hideout. It's in a flea dump hotel on Torch And the big shots are meeting there tomorrow night, you say, Lamb? Yeah. Well, that's what Joe was telling me. I'm not in very good shape to do much clear thinking, Sandy, but one thing I do know. We've got to organize some way of listening in on that meeting tomorrow night. <laughs> Are you feeling better this morning, Gray? Sure, but that was only logical. I couldn't be feeling worse than I did last night. Uh, have you checked with Miss Duncan? Yes, I called her just before I came down here. She's doing fine, just raring to listen in on that meeting tonight. How are the plans coming? Oh, fine, fine. <clears throat> well, it costs a small part of the hood fortune to fix it. I bribed the hotel man. 
We've got the room next to the one the crowd have been using. Dictaphone equipment being installed? Mm-hmm. We're all set tonight to listen in on the meeting and get a complete record of their discussions. That'll make pretty reading for the authorities. Hello? Gregory Hood? This is Professor Lewis. Hello there. How are you coming with your investigations? I think I have some interesting data for you. Perhaps we could meet tonight and uh, discuss the matter. I'd like to, but it'll have to be this side of the bay. We're eavesdropping on Sathaway's dinner council meeting tonight. Join us for dinner. We'll tell you all about it. Even worse than I imagined. Yes. Those carefully worked out plans for inciting race riots in West Oakland. Why, uh, that's potential murder. It'll be prevented as soon as we turn these dictaphone records over to the authorities. But I'm getting darn worried about Professor Lewis. Yes, so am I. He didn't show up for dinner, and we called him twice from here and got no answer. Did you suppose the goon squad had gone after him? Could be. They went after Lisa and me. They could easily have found out that the professor was in with us, too. Yeah. Wait a minute. I think the meeting is broken up next door. I can't hear any voices. Perhaps we should go and search their room. Oh, I doubt if we'd find anything except a strong smell of skunk. Well, what are you waiting for? Wait a minute. They haven't all gone. What did you think? It's Sathaway. You haven't said a word all evening, but what's the matter with you? Put up that gun. You don't think you can get control of this organization? I wait back. Put it down! Come on, Sandy! Yeah. Sathowitz dying. And his murderer got away, but we'll get him. Sathowitz. I'm not saying you didn't get what you had coming to you, but tell us who did it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He's trying to talk. Who shot you? Ermin. Shot. He's dead, Greg. With poetic words on his lips yet. Words that sounded like Ermin's soul. Well, at least the right guy got murdered. I'm not sure. This was murder for power, for the right to run this filthy organization. The killer's more evil even than Sathaway was. Sandy, I want you to call Lieutenant Silvers. Lisa and I will make a fast trip across the bay to Berkeley. Oh, you're going to call on uh, Professor Lewis? You bet we are. I hope we're not too late. Oh, I'm glad you came over here, Mr. Hood. And you, Miss Dunn. I wish we'd arrived in time to prevent the attack on you, Professor. You say they attacked you as you were getting into your car. Yes. It's dark in the garage. I, I didn't see who it was. I felt this blow on the back of my head. And the next thing I knew, I was lying beside the car. I managed to crawl into the house and telephone for a doctor. And he came and bandaged me up. Oh, but don't worry about me. Tell me more about the meeting. Uh, Sutherwaite is dead, you say? Yes. But just as he died, he muttered the words, Ermin soul. I'm glad that he died. But his killer is still at large, Professor. But not for long. When your dictaphone records are turned in, the whole organization will be exploded, and uh, we'll be safe from these attacks. Those dying words puzzle me. Tell me, can you think of anyone mixed up in these rackets who might be described as having an ermine soul? Hmm. Sounds inappropriate, doesn't it? Ermine soul. Hmm. Wait a minute. Uh, I know the man you want. Huh? Yes, he's been mixed up in several of these uh, subversive groups. His name's Irving Stoll. Irving Stoll, Ermin Stoll. Yes, Gregory, that might be the answer. We can put the authorities on his track and they'll locate him in no time. Wait a minute. Why didn't I spot it before? That cloud on the head last night must have been stronger than I thought. What are you talking about, Gregory? 
Professor Lewis, it's suddenly all very clear to me. Miss Duncan brought me into this case, and she was attacked. I went into it, and I was attacked. I brought you in, or you've been attacked. But there were only four people who knew what our plans were before the attacks. Sandy, Lisa, you, and me. Surely you're not suggesting that Of course not, Lisa. What do you say, Professor? That obviously the White Masters have more efficient spies than we imagined. A reasonably convincing answer, Professor. If I hadn't just spotted that book on Druidism on your shelf. You're being very cryptic, Hood. How does a book on Druids enter this discussion? Oh, it reminded me that there's an old Druid god by the name of Ermansoul. I-R-M-I-N-S-U-L. That sounds exactly like Ermansoul. And if you remember, Professor, you told Mr. Taylor and me when we called on you yesterday that it amused you to join new cults under the name of a deity. Oh, you can't possibly be suggesting... I'm suggesting that you join the White Masters with the intention of studying it from the inside. Then, when you were fired from the university, you became bitter. You became violently antisocial. Now, you're talking rubbish. Am I? You needed money, too, and you knew how profitable those rackets are. And who knew better than you the inner workings of them? You tried to get rid of us as soon as you knew we were working against you. And then you killed Sathaway and then staged an apparent attack against yourself as an alibi. I can only assume, my dear boy, that the blow on your head was much more serious than was feared. Well, I'm darn certain you didn't even get a blow on the head. Look at that bandage. I should have spotted it before. No doctor ever put on a bandage like that. But, Greg, I don't understand. The professor does, don't you, white master? You're implying that I killed Sathaway? Sure you did. And then scram back here and bandaged yourself from this supposed attack that never took place. Assuming you were right. How do you think you could ever prove it? It wouldn't be hard. You see, the murderer never spoke up at the meeting. Sathaway commented on that fact just before he was killed. We have a record of all the other voices except the murderers. Why was he so silent all evening? Because he knew about the dictaphone installed in the next room, and the only person who knew that, beside the three of us who were together in one room, was you, Professor. <laughs> You're more clever than I thought, Hood. But I also know your reputation about never going on. You won't be able to do much about this. Oh. Is, is he dead? No. He's not dead. Where were you hiding a gun? I shot him through my handbag. Where'd you learn a trick like that? Since my father's death, I've learned to be quite handy with a revolver. I'll say. I'm very grateful. You know, you're a remarkable girl. You're quite a remarkable man, Gregory. Oh. Well, when we've delivered the professor to the powers that be, let's go back to that bar where I first met you yesterday. I think we've both earned a drink and an opportunity to discuss that full new life you were talking about. Welcome back. A surprisingly topical script for uh, our final Elliot Lewis episode of the Casebook of Gregory Hood. And this concern about the emergence of uh, kind of neo-fascist at home was certainly covered on many programs, uh, most notably The Adventures of Superman, where they went in a more full-on direct attack on uh, the Ku Klux Klan. Well, this is the last circulating episode of the Casebook of Gregory Hood, and I should say of the six episodes that are missing, um, we only have titles for two of them, uh, the 
uh, Confucius didn't say from November 4th and the 10 cop minute mystery from November 11th of 1946. Um, this was far from Elliot Lewis's, Lewis's actual last appearance. Uh, all those episodes are just, um, missing. He had 26 more episodes during the 1946-47 season. And then in 1948, he took on the role of Gregory Hood for another 52 weeks. So all told, he appeared as Gregory Hood in 88 episodes compared to Gail Gordon's 16. But because of the ravages of time, only four of Elliot Lewis's episodes survive, while ten of Gail Gordon's. And, of course, there were other men uh, to play Gregory Hood, and we'll talk a little bit about that next week as we bring you the final existing episode of the Casebook of Gregory Hood. In the meantime, please send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.